0: Sometimes a technician may get in their head that just because they might not be able to afford something right now, doesn't mean the customer can't, no matter what it is. If you explain the job as you go to the customer, it makes it a lot easier at the end. If you're saving it up and then coming up to the end, it's going to be very difficult for a technician because now you're laying everything out and the customer is going to doubt that they need all of that stuff. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as
1: it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you. And this time, we're looking forward to covering the basics of a service call. We are joining a conversation with Greg McAfee today. He is going to be sharing with us his ideas of what makes a service call go well. And man, is it something we need right here before summer. But before we do that, we're going to break down the idea and turn to Brian for our quote. If more information was the answer,
2: we'd all be billionaires with six-pack abs. (laughs) Derek Sivers.
1: I like it. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody who definitely has six-pack abs. uh, Somewhere down there. Somewhere. I'm a billionaire somewhere out there (laughs) in the future. I just haven't recognized the full
2: potential yet. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually feel at least four
1: of the six in mine here somewhere.
2: Wait a minute. Push a little. There we go. There There we go. There's
1: one anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I tell you what, you know, the only way you get abs is by working out. And the only way that you get better is by practice.
2: Yeah, and why did, I, why did I choose a quote with more information? Uh, Greg McAfee is as our, well, I'll talk about it on the show, but as, as our buddy Gary Singleton told us, a, uh, a real OG of the industry, someone who knows the ins and outs and measurables and how to do and train other people to do things right in their service truck and as a manager or owner of the business. And it's, base, it's the basic steps. It's just the basic process. There's nothing magical or, uh, you know, no reinvention of the wheel or fire in there in what he teaches. But if you do it all right, you're going to be all right. right. If you follow the process and the steps, you're going to do very well. In a service truck, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to serve a lot of people who know your name and beg the company to get you back out. You know, maybe you're a solo uh, entrepreneur and running the calls yourself. But this is how you brand yourself by just do, following the process and doing things right. There's no magic pill. There's no magic sauce. It's just it's just getting up every day and and doing uh, improving on your process every day and doing the right steps at the right time. And it's coincidental. Um, it's not actually planned, but we're we're uh here here at this organization. I'm doing Wednesday and Thursday training every morning for all of our field staff, including installers, on um, process like starting off in the right spot, which includes mental end zone preparation and and you know where you park and how you approach the door, how you speak to the client how you present options, how you run the call. For us, this is electrical, plumbing, and HVAC. And it's all basic process stuff that, you know, I've been learning since 2004 and that has been developed, you know, long before I got there. And just every every month and year it gets added to and and, you know, always working on perfecting it. And I have my own spin on everything I teach and my own brand or version of it that uh, was beneficial and successful for me running a call and maybe it's all based on my personality probably. I'm I'm not a textbook guy so I can't just read a book and then follow a process. I have to really have to make it fit my personality. So that's what we're going through right now. It's just the basic steps, the basic process,
1: something that everybody needs whatever you're doing, right? Absolutely, Brian. And the basics is always something that it's so easy to overlook, especially as we head into what is probably going to be a busy summer for the home services industry. You know, No no matter if you're a plumber, an electrician, or an HVAC tech, the summer always seems to get things going. And uh, it's the easiest thing in the world to forget the basics. And you get caught up in something or you start shortcutting your process or you start dropping things out, leaving them out, forgetting them, Just blitzing through them faster than you know you should. And you end up in a place, uh, as our buddy uh, Jay Dubb says, you know, you, you take your process, cut it up into a billion pieces, throw it in the air, and you got confetti, but you don't have a process anymore, right? And so that's something that we wanna be cautious of and caution you as the listener out there to be mindful about and to be returning to what your process should be. And if you don't have one, today's episode will give you quite a few ideas as to how you can begin implementing that. And we're really looking forward to breaking that down.
2: Yeah, and we, we do love the uh, the trainers in our industry who train technicians to run calls the right way and, and um, how to sell and how to approach the client and how to present and how to close and how to overcome object, objections. And we do a lot of that ourselves here, but we're always fans of people who are training people to do it better um, and and always recommend people seek that kind of thing out. It, there, there are tons of resources in the trades here, not, you I mean, not to mention like uh, franchises like the one we're a part of, that will will take you and kind of put you into a process. It's it's a that's a definite shortcut to getting there, where you're rubbing shoulders with uh, brands that are already doing it right, with organizations that are already doing it really well, and then you have the opportunity to go see them, and they can come and see you, and you have consultants that visit your your shop and and help you see your way through these things but one way or the other all of that is mentorship and learning to do these steps and learning these processes and everyone's is a little bit different but they all boil down to the same stuff it's it's all fast forwarded as soon as you find that mentor and, and get involved in some kind of mentorship process be it a trainer a franchise you know a a buddy who owns a shop you know, near yours that's maybe not in the same market. And you get around people who are doing it a little bit better, and it's the best way to figure out how to do it yourself.
1: And this is an episode that's going to help you figure out how to do it yourself. But before that,
2: before that, I'm glad you said that, Nate,
1: because I wanted to read
2: one of our awesome reviews that we got here recently. Well, this one's... Can we get some plumbers, for crying out loud, for viewing the show? It's a lot of HVAC, guys. Listen, plumbers, I know you guys are 97, 98% of our audience, all right? So can you, <laughs> can you start reviewing like that, please? Thank you.
1: Brian's going to start stealing phones here shortly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm driving down the street. I see someone on a cell phone. I, I throw a quick Liu Kang dropkick. I, I pick <laughs> the phone up and download the episodes, all of them. And uh, rate the show, (laughs) but I'm gonna have to start naming them plumber. Uh, Let's see, HVAC assassin. Oh, sorry, HVAC assassin.
1: (laughs) Spelling's not the forte.
2: HVAC assassin, all one word. I like the uh, name. That's pretty cool. Said, let's get it. Five stars. These guys hit it hard. Oh, I'm sorry. These guys hit hard with guests that keep me wanting to be better. A man of few words, HVAC assassin. But we appreciate the review and appreciate that this podcast keeps you wanting to be better. To be frank, it, it definitely keeps Nate and me wanting to be better. And we've had some really cool guests on this show. Yeah. That uh, push us to be just to be better versions of ourselves. And I know Greg is going to be no different. He's very process oriented and he's been in this trade a long time. And I love these episodes where we actually get uh, actionable advice that we can use in the business here to be better uh, leaders as well
1: as, you know, podcast hosts, of course. Absolutely. And with no further ado, we're going to put Greg McAfee in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Greg McAfee. He is a true entrepreneur and has a passion for helping fellow HVAC business owners take their business to new heights. In 1990, Greg started McAfee Heating and Air with $274 and a used truck. Today, Greg runs one of the most successful HVAC companies in the Midwest and is called upon to share his expertise with other business owners all over the United States. He is the author of the book, It's Your Dream, and he has helped entrepreneurs teach their teams how to act like an entrepreneur and boost productivity in the process. Greg McAfee's company McAfee Heating and Air has soared from number 450 to number 1 in their residential market. With that, welcome to the show, Greg.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we've never actually spoken before, but but our buddy
2: Nathan my buddy Gary Singleton who's been on the show before I uh, don't remember what our conversation was about two weeks ago, but he said uh, you get a you need to get a real guru on, like Greg McAfee, and uh-huh. we didn't have time to go into what he meant by that. But I was hoping maybe you could help us out and tell us what that meant means, um, and then talk about what we're here to talk about, which is uh, c- you know creating a technician scorecard as a technician.
0: Absolutely, I I have a heart for technicians because um, I used to be one and uh, there uh, there came, came a time when I was working for another company and I've had my own company now for 32 years but there was a time when I worked for another company and I just had a knack for um, greeting people being honest and people liked me and you got to be liked as a technician uh, to where one point I was out selling their main salesperson. Um, he wasn't too happy about it, but I just asked good questions and customers, you know, gave me good answers and they ended up going with a new system. So we'll talk more about that. But, um, I employ technicians. I still help train technicians and, um, we you know we do a lot of we do a lot of internal training not just technically but soft skills and uh, a, a lot of other different skills that a lot of people don't think of
1: that's fantastic uh, we're always looking to improve our listener base which is primarily hvac technicians plumbers and electricians do you cross over into plumbing and electrical as well
0: uh, i do not but i i help train uh, plumbers electricians. Um, but my my baby is HVAC and that, and that's what we do. We've been doing air duct cleaning as well since 1993. Um, but we, we do mostly residential HVAC.
1: Excellent. Well, Greg, we always uh, enjoy getting to know our guests a little bit. So um, obviously you're doing a lot of consulting right now, but what got you into that whole thing? Talk us through your story and how you got into the trades. We'd love to hear about it.
0: Sure. Uh, well, I actually, I'm originally from Mansfield, Ohio, um, and I live in Dayton, Ohio right now, so it's just a couple hours uh, south of Mansfield. And my grandfather and my dad uh, both ended up retiring from Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. Um, and it was a, there was a big plant in Akron, Ohio, and my dad got transferred from Akron to Mansfield where he worked there for, I don't know, maybe five to 10 years. And um, and then Firestone owned the Dayton Tire, which was right here in Dayton. So they owned a huge warehouse facility. And I was 19 years old. College wasn't in my sights. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was working two jobs, hard worker, but didn't know what I wanted to do. And my dad said, hey, if you want in at Firestone, I can get you in. Only 15 guys are moving to Dayton and they're going to hire over 100. You know, you'll be number 16. I said, I'm there. So at 19, I moved to Dayton. Uh didn't, never been to Dayton, Ohio. Moved to Dayton, uh, started working at Firestone, you know, started doing some pretty cool stuff, loading tires, unloading tires, kept me in great shape. Broke a lot of records uh, as far as how many, how much time it takes to load a truck just for the heck of it, you know, at 19, 20, 21. Um, But then I started looking around at older guys getting up and down off forklifts. and I thought, you know, I don't really don't want to do this the rest of my life. Um, so I actually uh, joined the Marine Corps and Firestone held my job. So I served two years in the Marine Corps. I came back to Firestone. And while I was in the Marine Corps, it was just kind of a strange thing, but I took a, Refrigeration class just for uh, like a CEU credit, and I liked it. And so when I got out, I came back to work at Firestone. I worked during the day, and then I went to Heating and Air school at night. And when I graduated Heating and Air school, I left Firestone and took a fifty percent pay cut to get into Heating and Air Conditioning. Wow! So that was the one. That was the one advantage to Firestone. They were part of the United Rubber Workers. And even though they stopped me from breaking records, um, imagine imagine working for a company where they say you're not allowed to post um, any, you know, KPIs or any record uh, numbers on a bulletin board. So, but it did pay well, and I took a 50% pay cut. So I tell guys today all the time, you know, sometimes you got to lose money to make money. Um, so I went in at a, a really low low amount per hour because i knew eventually i was going to work my way up and i started as a helper um you know i learned how to i was a small company so i learned i learned the ropes basically i learned how to install i um gradually learned how to service and troubleshoot and do maintenance and and all that kind of stuff and um about a year, a, a little bit over a year into it, he called me into his office and he basically said, I'm going to have to let you go. You'll never make it as a mechanic. <laughs> so uh, um, I don't know. I just found humor in that. But I um, then went to another company and they put me in their service department. They gave me they gave me a couple more dollars an hour. And that's the company that I started uh, in the service department. I was able to go into a home. And, and be myself, one on one, talk to the customer, ask them a few questions about their system. Um, and, and I'll tell you the best question even today as, um, I notice this thing 12, 14 years old. Have you folks thought about replacement? And if a technician would take anything away from this, that's probably the best question you could ask a customer. And then you just shut up. And they're either going to say, absolutely not, I'm going to run this thing till the wheels fall off, or they're going to say, you know, um, we we wondered how long they last, or it has been costing us more, or it has been making a noise, or just hasn't been heating and cooling like it used to. Which would lead to, here's what we can do for you, here's what the new ones do, which would just basically lead to a sale. So, I found out I was pretty good at sales, and growing up, I had, um, you know, in my day, we had paper routes. We actually had a vegetable route where I'd go door to door selling vegetables, carrying baskets full of vegetables. And I got good with people. I mean, I got used to going door to door collecting for the paper route, delivering papers, vegetable route. So, I just got used to talking to people. And that's really, as a technician, that's probably your best skill outside of having a technical skill is just being good with people because a technician can see anywhere from four to 10 customers a day easily. It just depends on how your company operates. Um, and that's just a lot of customers in a year. And uh, we say, my company's called McAfee Heating and Air. And at McAfee, the number one reason people call us is they trust us. And uh, we're all about, integrity doing things right the first time you know caring caring about people and um, our culture is very strong how we do things we're very team oriented we're very consistent in what we do and and we've always tried to be more innovative than anyone else so as I started selling more like I said the salesperson they had a full-time salesperson and he just he just wasn't happy because the owner of the company started sending me out. Cause I had a better chance of selling it than he did. So unfortunately the company didn't handle their money well and it wasn't too long. They, um, laid me off. They closed their doors. Um, and about that time I got married, bought a home and the same year I started a business and I just applied the same principles that I learned along the way of being a technician and going into homes. I just started back then. I just started going door to door and knocking on doors and greeting people and asking them if they had a heating and air conditioning company they were happy with. And if they said, yes, I moved on. If they said not really, then I stopped and talked. And sometimes it would lead to a service call. I had my truck in the driveway. I had everything with me. I was in uniform. I had a business card. And so it just gradually took off extremely slow growth, um, That's especially that's, in today's world. That's about but, as
2: slow as growth does if you're going door to door. And while that sounds grueling to, to probably anyone listening right now, man, that's, that's determination. I, I can't imagine like, you know, every company gets slow to the point where, where someone doesn't have a call to run on some days, you know, particularly in, in the, HVAC industry, the the shoulder seasons, but um, you can get around the time of school getting out uh, if it's not too hot, where any of the companies can struggle to have calls on the board from time to time. And I can't imagine uh, service tech just getting out and going, well, I got nothing else going on. I'm going to go door to door (laughs) to find out if people have a, a plumber that they're satisfied with. And if not, here's my card, you know, let's chit chat for a little bit. I love the determination there and the, the real, um, I'm going to go make this happen mindset.
0: Yeah. It's, especially when you're extremely driven because, uh, when your wife goes to work and, you, and she comes home and your truck's in the driveway, it just, it leaves you feeling worthless at times. It really does. So I would, if I, if I didn't make things happen enough to where I had something to do, if she got off work at 4 o'clock, about 3.30, I took off for at least an hour, so I wasn't home when she got home. <laughs> um, that was just my way of thinking, that I, I felt better. Um, but I would go door-to-door. I'd also go door-to-door like uh, shopping centers. You know, has anybody serviced your rooftop units? Uh, a lot of times they'd need a filter or a belt or something like that. And, and then I back then they had something called a crisscross directory. It was just a big, thick book. And it had everyone in your area code in it according to address, so you could start and go all the way down the whole street. And if you were lucky, you could call. And everybody had a landline back then, so you were calling landlines. And if you were lucky, you know you'd make a hundred calls and get one service call out of it. And uh, but that's what I did. You you know you do what you got to do, and that's why. Today, when I coach service technicians, because a lot of service technicians think they want to own their own business, and a lot of them have always had a dream of doing so, and that's great, and that's wonderful, and if they come to me and, and want a job, and I say, "What do you? where do you see yourself at? in five years, and they say, I want to have my own business, I hire them because I know, I know I'm going to have them for a good three to five years because they're going to want to learn everything they possibly can from me. Um, in three to five years. But having your own business is not for everyone. And it takes a tremendous amount, especially in today's time, um, with all the regulations and all the licensing and all the um, expectations of a company today. Uh, it just takes a tremendous amount of work. And the salary for a good technician today, whether you're HVAC plumber or electrician, is at an all time high, um, and you're going to make a lot more money being a great technician um, than you probably will for the first five years being in business. So everybody needs to think about that. What just what? How bad do I want it? So I never talk anybody out of it, and I never try to talk anybody in it because it's uh, it's a different world when you're in it, and most people fail within the first year um, because they just didn't realize how hard it is. So fast forward, uh, we're in Dayton, Ohio. So it's a small, you know, it's considered a small, um, city in Dayton, uh, Ohio rather. And, um, we were number 489 out of 489 companies when I first started. And we gradually, gradually worked our way to number one in the Dayton market in the residential market. And, uh, somewhere around 15 years ago, I started, I just, started writing articles and sending them to national publications. And a couple of them really liked my articles. So I just started writing articles, which led to, hey, do you do any consulting or coaching? And, hey, do you hold any seminars or boot camps? So being in the Marine Corps, you know, we titled it the Greg McAfee uh, Business Building Boot Camp. And uh, we have sent, you know, several hundred business owners through it. And we also had a division of where a technician comes with them and they spend time with our, um, service department while they're here. So we've done some pretty cool stuff and, you know, we just try to help people achieve more and, and do more than they think they're capable of.
1: Yeah. That's excellent. And I believe that's now called, uh, Greg McAfee, HVAC business coach. I was just looking at your website here. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. Excellent. It is. Yeah, it's very exciting, Greg. And I mean, shoot, the industry can always use uh, high-quality teachers, coaches, trainers, speakers, and mentors to keep developing it. Especially as so much young blood keeps coming in, which we're really excited about. And uh, we'd love to see more of. Do you offer anything for people that are you know just getting into the industry, like any type of apprenticeships?
0: Yeah, we have our we have a, an apprenticeship where we partner with a community college. Um, that has HVAC. And uh, so we put them through a whole program where they attend school. Both here, we have kind of like a McAfee University, um, and they attend school at the college here, and they're out in a truck as well. So they get to learn uh, three different ways, and they learn, you know, t- 10 times faster than just going to uh, the trade school.
1: I love it. I'm sure that means that uh, your own personal business keeps well staffed with technicians.
0: We do exactly. Um, we have, we, you know, we have a program. They stay so long with us, we pay hundred percent of everything, and they get paid, you know, to to attend actually because wow. they get a salary to work. Yeah,
1: that's that's fantastic. What an opportunity. Well, Greg, we want to turn the light now on people who are already in the trades and trying to make their way and specifically the ones that are trying to get better. Our podcast is specifically designed for people behind the wheel to listen to in between calls. I mean, that was, that's really what we're aiming for here because there is so much road time, windshield time, whatever you want to call it, uh, that our people have to go through on a daily basis. Why not fill it with the opportunity to make yourself better? And so I think your line of coaching lines right up with that type of mentality. And so we want to jump in there and ask you, you know, where where would you start? I mean, I'm sure you're getting people of all different flavors and and skill sets uh, and even mentalities as to where they are in their career. You know, some people are like, hey, Greg, you know, how can I get better? And the next person's like, hey, Greg, I, I'm not sure I can keep on going here. So how do you blend together all those different types of people listening to this podcast people that you interact with and where do you start
0: sure well if I were let's start with the technician who is um, a decent technician and just wanting to know how do I you know how do I improve how do I make more money um, how do I provide for my family better and even how do I get um, how do I balance um, if we want if we want to touch upon how do I balance my work and my family so if, if I were a technician, um, the first thing you have to realize is find a company that you fit in their culture. And I teach a lot about culture. And the best way I can explain culture is if you're married and you're, both of your parents are still living You have Christmas and Thanksgiving at one family. You have Christmas and Thanksgiving at another family. And most of the time, they're completely opposites in how they do things because that's their culture. (laughs) You don't, you don't mix culture. You don't, you're not going to go over here and open gifts like you do over here. You're going to, you're going to do it the way they do it in their home. And that's culture. You get used to it. And every company has a culture and every company culture is almost different. So you find a company that fits your culture, and um, when you do that, you're gonna, you're, again, you're gonna be a lot more successful at being a technician because you, if you can fit in the company culture, you're gonna succeed there. You got much better chances of succeeding. So the first thing is, um, you know, fitting in the culture is um, just look at it as prosperity. Because that is one of the hardest things for a technician to do. They, they get a job. They're a technician. They've got great skills, but they're in a culture that doesn't fit them. And, you know, it's, it's just it's not a healthy situation because they're clashing with the company. And if you're going to enjoy prosperity as a technician, you've got to fit in well. And you really can't even fake it. You can fake it for a while but eventually it catches up with you, you're just not going to be as successful there. So I'm not telling anybody to leave where they're at or anything like that, but it's very important for a technician to fit the culture where they're at. And there's so many heating and air conditioning companies and so many plumbers today and so many um, electricians today that, you know, find your, find your culture. That's, and the um, advantage that... of being a technician. That, I mean that's
2: that is kind of half the story. I'm, I fully agree where where if you get in somewhere that's a very established culture and maybe you're super happy go lucky and and everyone around you is a you know is a hard uh, a type personality and it's all business all the time. Um, or a really negative culture for that matter, where everyone is just out to get each other and and bitter and it starts at the top and and bleeds down that's, that's probably a place you need to get out of and you need to get out of fast. Um, But I do think there's the smaller organization culture, you know, just the maybe three to five person team where one person can really affect a culture, can, can really start to change that culture, uh, which is something I like to see more than um, the the bouncing around. Now that's, you know, kind of putting it into a bubble and, and, taking out a lot of assumptions but um, it's not a, it doesn't always necessarily have to be bailing on that you know culture as I, I've just seen it myself where even here at the organization that Nate and I manage, we've seen small teams start with maybe a negative or, or a poor culture and one person come into that culture and just start sh- turning things around by way of their attitude and, and deciding that they're not going to be a part of this negativity, um, you know, which is just kind of another side of that coin.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely possible. Uh, we, I think that starts with leadership as well. Cause we, Absolutely. I, tell, I, I talk I, I to all my technicians and tell them if at any time you find yourself unhappy here, can you tell us not, it's not necessarily our job to make everybody happy, but it is our job to provide an environment where they can succeed and enjoy their work. And we want to know if they're unhappy, so we can figure out what's going on. Yeah, and there are there um, are times that we
2: there are sometimes we can actually do something about it. And at a at a right. company with a good culture, you have leaders who will do something about it if possible. Now, not everyone right. is going to be made happy in every scenario, but in the vast majority right. of them, it, it is possible to do something about it, and or at least make that person understand why what they're looking for isn't a fit for the place or what, what have you.
0: Right. And, and, but unfortunately there are also companies that people get into that the integrity is not where it should be. It's not as high as the technicians, and it's not going to be a good fit. Um, but everyone can change their own world. You can, uh, the best part about a technician is they're they're in their own truck every day. They see customers, they can choose the attitude they have and they can continue to improve um, to be much more successful in their little world. And uh, that's, that's what we teach. Um, We, we, we have a very strong team. We're very team oriented and we're very competitive. We love to, we love to have contests and we love to compete among each other, but we're also willing to step in and help someone when they need it. And if someone's got a call coming in on the other side of town and someone else is there, they volunteered to so, say, hey, I'll go ahead and run that um, and stuff like that, which is just cool. That's a strong team. Um, another important thing for a technician is, um, which a lot of people take for granted, is appearance. And depending on the company you work for, if uniforms are required, if certain um personal hygiene, certain things are required, a certain haircut, all those types of things. But as a technician, regardless of the times we live in, appearance is still very important because you're the image of the the technician walking through the door. And when the technician walks to the door, you better believe the customer watched you pull up and they watched you through the curtain get out of your truck and hopefully they're saying, oh, great, he, he looks trusting, he looks professional. And then when you come to the door, I mean, we have an entire class on the first five minutes in a home because that means everything. So, uh, you know, what your truck looks like, cleanliness of your truck, how you keep your tools and how you keep your uh, job, even your job site. We like to leave job sites around the furnace cleaner than what we found.
1: So, Greg, I, I'd like to stop you there because you said something that is near and dear to our heart. You have an entire class on the first five minutes in the home.
2: Yeah, you can't see us, I know, but Nate and I, we we had to pick our jaws up off the conference room table here. How? When you say a class, you mean like a half day of a, of a course or...
0: Um, it, I mean, it could be up to a half day, but typically it takes about an hour just to go through, role play a little bit, the first five minutes in a home from the time you pull in. We don't, we don't even pull in driveways. We'd rather park on the street if possible, because even though we have newer trucks, we don't, want, we don't even want the thought of our trucks leaking oil. So we're typically going to park on the street, which sometimes gives us more visibility anyway. And then we go up to the door, you know, it's, do you have your card ready? Do you have an ID ready? You know, is your, is your fly up? Is your shirt buttoned? Is your shirt tucked in? You know, are you wearing a hat with a company name on it? You know, have you shaved in a few days? I mean, all that type, type of stuff that goes into the first five minutes, you're being judged whether you like it or not. And, uh, they either fall in like with you right away or they're hesitant and and even to the point where I don't even know if I trust this person in my house. I mean, that's the last thing you want. Um, but it's entirely up to you and, and how you make the first five minutes of a call.
1: Absolutely. It makes all the difference, right? What uh, The age-old adage there about what usually starts well usually ends well. Right.
0: And also, being in charge of the call. That also gives the customer confidence. Um, I I teach you want to set the customer up for success. If you've never been there before, let them know what to expect. So basically, here's, what, here's what's going to happen. I, I need to know where the furnace is. I need to know where the air conditioner is. If you're available, there's going to be a couple times that I might call you down or call you out and have you look at something. Need you to know where the thermostat is. Um, I wear where do you put the shoe protectors on at? You never put the shoe protectors on before the customer opens the door. I just I just got to I always when we hire a technician I go over the McAfee way and we have a McAfee way of doing business and it's just a card with the McAfee way on it. And I go over, it takes about an hour and I go over the card and I told him this was just yesterday. And I said, you never put your shoe protectors on before they open the door. And he goes, I know better than that. He said, I, I had that happen to me. He said, I I had my shoe protectors on ready to go in. And it was during COVID and, and the customer was like, did you, did you wear them in someone else's house? How do I know you didn't wear those in someone's house? So he had to change shoe protectors. So when they see you put brand new shoe protectors on before you step in, it gives them the confidence of knowing you got fresh shoe protectors for their home. And, uh, you know, it just sets the pace for, uh, professionalism. So we go through all that kind of stuff and, and going back to taking the lead. This is kind of how it's going to look. You know, you kind of go over how long it's going to take and now, you know, if it's, if it needs cleaning or anything like that, it's going to take a little longer. Um, do, is that fair? That's a question we ask all the time. Is that fair? Yes. Do you have any questions for me before I get started? Nope. Okay, let me ask you a few, if I may, before I get started. You know, Have you folks had any, um, any issues with the furnace or air You know, in the last year? Is there any noises? Are there any cold spots in the home? You know, your electric bill is higher than normal. So you go over a series of questions. And then if you get any, yes, we do have a problem, then you dive into it a little bit. You find out a little bit more and, 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 and you, you know, you, you don't say you can fix anything at that point, but you're going to say, let us take a look at that. It might be something we can tweak. Um, however, we won't know until we get a little further. So the first five minutes. It's not just, where's your furnace at? I mean, it's much, much more than that. And we take it as a compliment when a customer calls in and says, I only want Jared to do my furnace check. I mean, that's a compliment. Now, it doesn't always happen because of the scheduling, but we do our best to get Jared out there. Um, and if, if Bob happens to go out, then Bob's, Bob better make a good impression, just like Jared. So now they only want Bob or Jared. Um, so I would challenge technician any technician to think about what are you doing right, what are you doing wrong first five minutes of the call.
1: That makes a ton of sense, Greg. And and as as we train, kind of the same thing here. That uh, you know, that should be a Super Bowl commercial. That's kind of the phrase that we use around here. You know, many companies will advertise on TV or on radio, and they'll spend a couple bucks here and there to produce a TV commercial. But companies will spend millions and millions of dollars to have 30 seconds in front of a Super Bowl crowd's eyes. And that's the type of presentation you need to give in your first five minutes of showing up there at the client.
0: Yeah, totally agree.
2: But what does that mean? It means well-rehearsed, well-produced, well-acted, if you will, a well-written script. Uh, The directing has to be spot on. If you're going to pay millions of dollars for a 30-second ad, everything's going to be perfect. And you can make millions of dollars in this trade, as I'm sure you know, um, but certain things have to be perfect. And and starting off in your career as a technician – the introduction to the homeowner is is one of the very first things you need to nail. Although I will say, probably that job interview is even more crucial because you're not getting in the customer's home without that one. Maybe that's another episode, Nate. <laughs> Could be.
0: Yeah, and uh, we we don't spend millions, but we spend hundreds of thousands on our commercials, both for TV and radio combined. And they, they are on the Super Bowl at a local level. Uh, and they're as good, I think, as some of the ones that get on the national level. Because everything matters. Everything matters as a company and everything should matter as a technician. The technician's got their own little business in their truck. You know, whether they work for another company or not. That's why I say culture's the key. If you, if you Fit in well with the culture you've you're running your own business out of the truck because you're doing everything the way the company wants it anyway now you can really get excited about it and and add on to that and a technician i would i always set my technicians up as for salary purposes i i I go i use this carefully but your salary is unlimited the more leads you generate, the more customers you make happy. The more accessories you offer, your salary is unlimited. It's it's your salary is much much more than what you make per hour. It should be. It's not that way with every company, and I'm and I'm sorry for any of those that are saying I wish I could wish I could do that. We are um, too. We well, are you too. can. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and you mean, okay. yeah. you mean uh, commission or spiff type setup, but it's even more than that is like the perks of being at that job. I mean, there are still some techs out there who you know, don't get a take-home truck, who have to bring their truck back to the shop, who pay for their own gas, who have to lease their truck yeah. from the company exactly. um, or lease it from yeah. outside and, and just provide their own vehicle. So if you happen to be at a place where you get your own truck, that's, that's still a huge benefit that doesn't exist everywhere. We get people in here to interview all the time. They're like, "You provide my truck." And we're like, "That's just a given here." You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. We've had we have stories. We have four company meetings a year. We have them on Saturday mornings because it's the best time. We start at eight o'clock. We're done by noon. Four times a year, and it's the best time to have a meeting in the HBAC world. Even when it's hot, you can still fit a meeting in. But everyone's together. Everybody comes in in a different kind of attitude, a different kind of spirit. They haven't worked all day. They're not tired. It is Saturday morning, but they also realize our meetings are to keep everybody on the same page, kick off any new things we're doing, and we also talk about, uh, you know, give your um, give some highlights of your personal life. What's happening? positive in your life and i mean this goes on for 10 or 15 minutes of you know we're having a baby or my kid graduated or my kid's on the honor roll or you know um just goes on and on and on got a new car got a new truck did this did that um because we want to set the meeting off in the positive note but we also have time if i if i find out that a technician is sharing stuff that went on at the place they used to work that was just so bad and they can do it well i'll ask them to i'll ask them to speak during the meeting tell us about how did you guys handle the place you used to work i never mentioned names but tell us about a place that you used to work how did you guys handle it um sometimes when you went to get gas in your truck and this guy says we never knew if the gas if the card was good we'd go to the gas station with the company card we'd swipe it and it wasn't any good when we were on empty. So we'd have to figure out how to buy it on our own money, then get repaid if we got repaid. I mean, you know, and, and everybody's looking around going, you're kidding me because fortunately and being blessed, that's never happened at McAfee in 32 years. You, you know, you're, the card's always good. So it's good for people to hear, because especially when you get people that have been at a company for a while, they just don't know any different and, they, and then they eventually they start to take it for granted a little bit. It's good for them to hear another side of things that, that comes from out of the mouth of a technician, you know, who's been in the industry for a while and they realize this is pretty cool here. They're setting us up for success.
1: Absolutely. And, and we always want to be doing that for the technicians. And kind of like taking it back to the technician, I'm sure that you, your, your team, and, and the people that you're training appreciate that mentality. What else do you do to keep them motivated in the field? What are what are some ideas that you have to keep the culture positive and their experience as a technician, which is already an admittedly hard thing. It's hot, it's sweaty. You're dealing with angry homeowners. You. Know, what are the things that you do to kind of push that out?
0: Um, well, a couple things. Um, first of all, our sales team. Uh, gives up part of their commission for leads. So it's not just the company giving a technician leads. The salesperson gives up part of their commission to the technician for providing leads because it's that important to them. And when I sit down with a, a new salesperson, you know, do you want, you know, what's it? Mark Cuban's line, would you rather have, you know, a whole grape or half a watermelon? Um, they'd much rather have half a watermelon. <laughs> so, um, we set people up for success that way, so that so the technician and the salespeople become closer instead of distant. And then, uh, and then we also do the same thing for our installers. The sales team takes care of the installers by dropping off Gatorades and lunch and Snicker bars and all that stuff, keeping people you know motivated and energized. And we also do that for the service technicians. In Ohio, we don't have. We don't have the uh, advantage of extremely hot weather like they do out west um or down south, but when it gets hot here and like this weekend it's supposed to be ninety-two, that's gonna be our first hot weekend. Um, we automatically have a table in the back with fresh fruit, gate cold Gatorades, cold waters, um, and we're sending out texts keep um what's it called? Keep uh, hydrated. And, you know, when you stop in and drop off paperwork today, grab yourself some snacks and everything's healthy. And we do that for about the first week of hot weather to get everybody used to it. Um, so those are just some little things like that. Um, sometimes we'll wash each other's trucks uh, because we do have a system that trucks have to be washed a certain amount of times per week. Everything's clean. Everything looks nice as as much as possible. So everybody likes to have their own truck washed by someone else. And um, also we provide, um, you know, maybe bonuses via a really cool tool that somebody didn't have uh, and you surprise them with it. And, you know, sometimes it's a hundred dollar tool. Sometimes it could be a $300 tool, but technician, what are they like? I mean, when I was a technician and I talked to our technicians, they like uh, gift cards to certain places. They like boots, um, cool work boots, and they like tools. And uh, so those are what we those are what we aim for. And that's another thing: we find out with a questionnaire, we find out what people like before we just give them something. Because if your favorite candy bar is a Snickers, and I'm giving you three Musketeers all day, you're going to be thankful. But nothing like a Snickers. Um, and just those little things make a difference.
1: A hundred percent. And doing more things like that is, is, uh, what I believe is going to make the difference in the industry as far as where people end up working. I mean that, that all those things that you mentioned there sound so refreshing and so encouraging for an employee who, you know, is going to have to go out and face some difficult things that day. So I applaud you and your team for making that effort.
0: I've also had the philosophy and not everybody does, but I've had the philosophy of um, I won't expect you to work anywhere that I wouldn't work. And I'm pretty particular. So um, my technicians don't have to worry about going in rat infested places. uh, Because if, if it is, they're allowed to walk away. I mean, just walk away. Let's go to the next job. And if our sales team goes in to sell something, I always say, if you wouldn't go there at two a.m. in the morning in the dark, then we're not bidding on it. We'll pass. Someone else can have that job. So we try to we try to say and try to do the the McAfee way is it's just prime jobs. It's the prime jobs that that we want, that we service, that we install, that we clean, air duct cleaning, all that kind of stuff. So. A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of guys are thrown into places that it's not even safe. Um, and when things start moving, when the flashlight comes on, you're, you know, that's that's not a good place to be. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely. So speaking of being back in the home where, you know, things are moving or not moving, depending on why you're out there, uh, what are some other emphases that you teach, preach and deliver to your people and your coaching? Uh, when they're in the home. So we've, uh, we've already covered the first five minutes. We've covered setting a good expectation at the front of the call. And now we're moving through and actually discovering what's wrong. What are kind of the next focal points that you put out there for technicians, plumbers, and electricians who are dealing with homeowners to be listening for and alert to?
0: Sure. Well, you ha- again, I'll go back to that. You have to be a people person. And you have to be good with people if you're and you can be an introvert or an extrovert and be a great technician. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being caring for a home like it's your grandma and taking care of the home like it's your grandma and then keeping them filled in. Um, You know, one little thing that we teach is you never go in and out a different door in a home. Um, you always go in and out the same door, and no matter if it's around back or wherever it is, go in and out the door you came in. Um, they don't. It's there's nothing worse than um, a single mom or an elderly woman being home, and you're going in and out of doors she didn't know you were going in and out of, and that's not a good thing. You, again, you're trying to build trust. You want you want people to have faith in you as a technician and trust you and so go in and out the same door um but you got to talk to people you've got to fill them in on what's going on i i took a look at this motor i went ahead and pulled this motor if you notice when i spin this blade it doesn't spin very far and it, it, it hardly goes around by itself what what that means it's probably you know we don't we, we try not to use terms that people don't use every day so instead of getting into the high amp thing and all that stuff with this being hard to turn it's probably costing you more money to operate and then you pause for a minute and they they'll naturally reach down and try to spin the fan blade and it doesn't spin good and they'll go yeah i see that so you're you're educating them you know i everybody wants to get the wow you want you you know you want that wow and the wow is doing things that other companies have never done for the customer whether it's wearing shoe protectors or putting a blanket down or cleaning up better than you when you left or showing them more, educating them more, um, just how you know how dirty this coil is. Let me show you this coil and how dirty it is. Um, having the right equipment, uh, to take pictures of things that of, of a heat exchanger or of a coil that a lot of companies, I mean, we a lot of times, you know, when you get that second opinion where you go out and you, condemned a heat exchanger with a with a, a crack or whatever and then you got another company that says they didn't see any and the customer says what am I going to do and I'll, and we just say we'll meet the other company here and we'll show them and the poor technician came out with a one of those mirrors that's not even a mirror it's like the stainless steel thing that I used to use back in the early 90s late late 80s and You know, we've got, we've got a thousand dollar camera and it goes three feet up into the heat exchanger and we're, the guy, the technician's just looking at us going, well, no wonder you found it. Um, you know, so it's having the right tools, uh, and keeping your tools clean. I I always tell the guys, if, if, uh, if you get that kind of customer that's standing over you and they're looking in your tool pouch or bucket, whatever you use, you want to see quality tools. You don't want to see nut drivers that are all worn down and, you know, old drills that are all worn down. I mean, you you represent quality. We charge accordingly. You know, try to be your, try to have the best. The company, we do provide certain tools. The employees do have, the service techs have to provide certain tools, but we're going to do our best to provide you with the best. You need to provide your best. Too, because this is your livelihood this is what you do every single day so um
1: greg focusing on that exciting. for just a second I, I i like the idea of of uh the tools matching the quality of the performance I and mean, we speak a lot about that in terms of what does your truck look like you know the psychology behind uh, clean on the outside clean on the inside and all those types of things so, you know, clean truck, clean uniform, uh, good looking tools that are new, modern and not beat up. Are there any other areas that we as technicians can be cognizant of, you know, what the homeowner is perceiving just by observing us?
0: Well, of course you want good hygiene. I mean, that's very important. That's a personal thing, but it, it can also be addressed. It has, sometimes it has to be addressed. You have to have good hygiene. There's it. We allow, faci- we allow facial hair, but if it, if it gets to where it's straggly or just unkept, um, it's going to be a dress. Um, and, you know, you, you've got to, you just got to look nice. We even have, here's what color t-shirts you're allowed to wear underneath our company shirt. Here's what color belt we want you to wear. Here's, you know, and you have to wear a belt. Now, that could be the Marine Corps in me. I don't know. But there's a way to wear a uniform that looks nice. And uh, all the technicians are required to take an extra shirt with them. Um, some even take pants. But, I mean, if you get, happen to get down in a crawl space and you get all dirty, it's not fair to customer number five that you look terrible when you looked fresh for number one. So think of, I, I let people think about that because a lot of people don't think about that. They're like, well, I worked all day. I'm dirty. Well, is it fair to that customer? I mean, did you stop and wash your hands good before you went to their door? So just little things. Little things matter. And I, one of our sayings is everything matters. And you, the perception of value in a home has a lot to do with the technician and how they do things. And even asking the right questions uh, of just, taking time with the customer and asking them questions. Are you comfortable? Are there any cold spots in the home? I mean, they might say right there, you know, I've had my serve. I've had my system serviced by such and such company. And they've never asked me those questions. And you just kind of look at them and nod your head. You know, you just say that this is what we do. We want to make sure you're comfortable when we leave. If there's anything I can do to help your comfort, I want to do it while I'm here or, we can make a suggestion and you can go from there.
2: That in the, uh, what? They didn't, they didn't ask you that. I wonder what else they're not doing. Huh? That's weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Got to get strike there and capitalize. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We let them, I mean, we let them think that right? because that's what you do. I mean, that's why didn't they ask me that? So we just let them, th- we don't, sometimes you don't have to say anything. To really draw attention to the weakness of another company, and it, yeah, I hate to say this, but I mean, our goal is to. When you're number one, you're you've got to stay number one, and you you stay number one by doing things other companies don't do. And when when you can get the customer to say they never did that, or I've had three estimates. And no one, and you're the highest, but nobody explained it better than you. Let's just do it. And we're the highest. So it's perceived value. You know, everything you do, it's perceived value. The trucks you drive, you probably watched a really cool commercial. I mean, I drive a GMC Denali, and I like almost every Denali commercial. They just do, GMC does a great job advertising Denali. Uh, I don't drive it for that reason, but I like the commercials, and uh, it does represent the vehicle well, and it does get a lot of looks because it is a Denali with the grill, et cetera. So your company is the same way. Uh, The technician represents the company, and the technician should be paid extremely well if they do a good job representing the company, asking the right questions, getting good leads for the sales team, offering accessories, offering you know repairs when needed, all that kind of stuff.
1: So Greg, as, as we kind of start bringing things in for a landing here, we're now beginning to be in front of the client and you know we're sitting down at the table. I mean, this is perhaps the most important time other than right at the beginning of the call that you're going to experience right then and there with that homeowner and, and one, certainly one of the most intense times for technicians because every word matters, every minute is ticking by, the heart is pounding, you're asking for money, you're telling some bad news, all these things are going through your head. How do we calm ourselves down and focus on the points that really matter?
0: Sure. Well, just realize, Um, and what another thing we teach is sometimes a technician may get in their head that just because they might not be able to afford something right now doesn't mean the customer can't so no matter what it is and again I have a whole class on people buy what they want to buy I mean if it's a hundred thousand dollar car If they want it bad enough, they'll figure out how to buy it, even if it puts them in debt over their head. If they want it, they'll buy it. And if you, first of all, if you explain the job as you go to the customer, it makes it a lot easier at the end. If you're saving it up and then coming up to the end, it's going to be very difficult for a technician because now you're laying everything out and the customer is going to doubt that they need all of that stuff. But if you showed them, if you showed them the dirty coil, if you showed them the rust, if you showed them the fan doesn't turn right, the blower wheels caked, if you showed them all this stuff, then they're either prepared for a large ticket item, or they're prepared to get someone out and give them an estimate. And I know there are some companies out there that allow service techs to sell. We did that at one time many years ago when when we were smaller. We no longer do that. We don't. There's no pressure for the technician. All he has to do or she has to do is ask the right questions, do their job, the procedure, and everything will flow well. So if you've done that throughout the whole job, then when you get to the end, you're just asking questions and showing them. Remember when we talked about the blower not turning or the fan not turning Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, this is the price right here. If you just want to replace that, however, this also needs this, 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 and I showed you that rust. That's that's just something to be concerned about. The unit's 14 years old now, and I don't know how much money you want to put into this. Um, and it's probably a great time to ask. I mean, have you folks thought about replacing this at all?
2: When and you say you
0: just kind of go from there.
2: When you say service tech selling for those not in the HVAC industry, you mean um, HVAC service techs having the ability to sell equipment replacement, not just repairs and upgrades?
0: Yeah, correct. Thank you. I'm talking about closing the HVAC equipment sale right there on the job. There's still some companies that do that. We're not necessarily a fan of it. We did it at one time. When we have designated salespeople, now the technician can sell parts, accessories, air cleaners, humidifiers, air purifiers, thermostats all day long. But when it comes to the equipment, get the lead, get it scheduled, and let the let the comfort advisor come out, or the plumber or the electrician come out, salesperson, and uh, close the sale. So there is a lot of pressure on a technician if you've got a two thousand dollar bill and you haven't talked to the customer at all throughout the whole process. Oh yeah. It's not going to go well.
2: Yeah. And you are, you know, if it's, even if it's 14, 15 year old equipment and you're turning it over to a lead as, as many HVAC service technicians will do if they, if you feel like new equipment is the, either the best option for them in terms of upgrading or will save them money in the long run. If you just walk up and say, I found all this stuff and here's why I think you need to replace the system. You got a little bit harder road to travel ahead of you than if you were all along the way to, to be showing them what you were doing. And you want to be building value throughout that whole process anyway. If you can have somebody be with you, whether it's plumbing, electrical, or HVAC, to let them see that you're working the whole time and that you're improving their system the whole time that everything you're doing along this process is for their the benefit of their home and how they enjoy their system. That's building
0: value. Right. Yeah, I would say um, just for technicians to think about this. Number one, informed people make better decisions. And number two, nobody likes surprises. So if you keep people informed along the way, they're going to make a much better decision at the end and nobody likes
1: surprise nobody likes surprises especially when they they started the call that day probably hoping to not even see you right i mean unless you're doing a maintenance if if you're out there for a trouble call whether it's a a leaking pipe or you know we're heading into summer here you know just no cool whatever it is you didn't wake up wanting to see somebody that was going to and be charging you money that day, much less have no idea and be totally surprised at the amount of money that it's going to be, which is guaranteed to be more than you expected. It's just, it's a difficult scenario and, and you're walking us through there, how we can help accomplish that in a better way. Exactly. Well, this has been good stuff. This is, yes, this has been good stuff and helpful. And I think uh, as we bring things in here, you know, the one thing that we want to focus on as technicians is, of course, the repeat business. So when, when you are doing all the steps that you talked about there and you're taking care of yourself, you're making sure you smell good, look good, trucks are good, tools are good. You've done your great uh, you know, uh, five minutes at the beginning of the call. You've had an incredible conversation. You've been talking to the client the whole way through and uh, inviting them, educating them along the way. Uh, to hear all the things that you either are finding or have to offer to make their life better. And then you get to the end of the call and you have to wrap it up. I mean, you know, you you may have a pretty good relationship by then, but you have other things to do and so do they. Uh, But it would sure be nice for us to continue this relationship, uh, you know, in, in the future. So do you have any tips or ideas about how a technician can effectively wrap up a call and ask for, or, uh, secure return business.
0: Yes, and and I also want to say a technician is a brand within a brand. A, a technician brands himself within the brand of the company. Going back to a good culture matters. So you're branding yourself throughout the whole call, and basically. People do business with people they like. And you, as a technician, you want to be liked. So they like you in their house. They trust you in their house. Um, we actually did a TV commercial where the customer is on his way out with his two kids, taking them to school while our technician's walking in by himself. And the customer says, lock up when you leave. Because that's the trust factor we have at McAfee. Most, A lot of the calls we do, people aren't even home. So when you wrap up the call though, you, you know, you make sure you cover all your bases. Everything's covered. I've checked the system. Um, I, you know, I confirm that it's on. If you want to take a look at here, what this, this is running right now while I'm leaving. So they see it's running when you leave. And uh, is there any, ask a few questions, you know, I've, uh, how did I do? Is, is there anything I could have done better to serve you better uh, you know, the first part of the word service tech is service, and that's what we do. We serve people. The better you serve people, the better they want, or, they want you back, and they want the company back. Again, you're a brand within a brand. So you, you ask them, is, is there anything I could have done better? Is there anything you would like to have seen? Uh, is there anything I missed? And then you ask for. um You can also ask for a referral. I I used to personally always say, please tell your friends and family about. It. And when I I actually I actually asked my team that one time, my service team, I asked that, and nobody was doing that. And I'm like, you, you know, you got to have a, a line on your way out. Please tell your friends and family about. It. um And I didn't even go into this about asking where'd you hear about it because that's just as important for a service tech to know. Because if, if you know they might say, "I've seen her." I've seen you on TV. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. But we ask the second question: Where else did you hear about? And then they go, "Oh, well, my neighbor uses you." Well, which is more valuable? They're both valuable. Well, which is more? Which is better to know? Your neighbor. I mean, that's the guy that like talked us up, or talked you up, and got you to this house. So there's a lot more to talk about on that, but you know, it's just asking, asking, please let us know if you need anything, give us a call, blah, blah, blah.
1: And where does, where does the review come in there, Greg? I mean, we focus so much on, uh, the, the modern way of securing business is the review because that's essentially the, who else, who else would you like the, the referral, the digital referral, if you will. Do you bring that into the conversation?
0: I know we also we also tell them that they will probably going to be receiving something either email or text, and because everything we do now is digital, and uh, they'll just be expecting it. And um, they sent a email or a text. It's very easy to click. Are you happy? Yes or no? And if they are yes, then it leads them to another page to um, leave. Take care to leave a review, and uh, we got a pretty good got a pretty good percentage of people who leave reviews.
1: Well, we have enjoyed this conversation today, Greg. Before we wrap up with things, uh, if people are interested in learning more about you, your company, and specifically your coaching and consulting uh, options, where is the best place to connect with you?
0: Um, the best place you can find me online by just googling Greg McAfee. Um, but my personal email address is very simple. It's Greg, G R E G at M C M C A I R M C A I R.com.
1: Excellent. And, uh, the, the coaching, if people are, are you still offering classes for technicians? Uh,
0: we, we have, uh, a couple individual classes going on right now where a couple people from other States just, come here for a few days, ride with our uh, lead service tech. um, And then we put them through like a two to four hour uh, class and go through some of the stuff like we talked about today on the importance of the first five minutes, then all the way through a call.
1: Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, Greg, as we we close it out here, the final question that we wanted to propose to you is surrounding uh, those who are considering getting into the industry as you look at over your years of experience in training and, and being a business owner and being a technician yourself and all these things, if you can look back and you can kind of speak to the next generation and say, you know, this is what the trades are about or this is why I think you should get in it or, you know, any of those things, what would be your message to those considering uh, jumping in?
0: It's just a great place. Uh, so, you know, so many parents push kids into college who are not college material. That's why 50% of freshmen drop out of college. Um, not everyone's college material and you should be proud if you're not and proud if you are. Um, if you're wanting to work with your hands, wanting to work with people, um, heating and air plumbing, the trades are just so strong right now to get into. Um, every heating and air conditioning company I coach is hiring it pays it pays well um and the better you learn your job and better you serve people it pays it pays better um but the trades just have opportunity that most uh industries do not have right now and i recommend going we, we actually have a scholarship program where we've now given it's called the you can count on me scholarship program and it's all about why can we count on you Is what we started it for and we've given over 300,000 to high school seniors we do 10 a year um who um they have to go through I mean we have a panel of judges and everything like that we get over 300 or 400 applicants and we give 10 scholarships away to either college or trade school and a good portion of the kids are going into trade school which is pretty cool Lately, um, so anyway, we're all we're pro trade school, of course, but we're also letting high school kids know that you know make your try make your own choices. There, I know a lot of families where one, the first the first child's a doctor and the second one's an electrician. So make your own choices. Do what you're best at.
2: Which one had more school uh, college debt? Just asking for Nate here.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) have
0: you ever seen that chart where, I mean, a trade, a trade, you know, the guy that even four years of college, the, the trade guy is so far ahead, even, you know, after 10 years, um, so far ahead of the college guy. So, uh, there's nothing, you should be proud to be in the trade nowadays. And especially with all the professionalism there is, we've, We've raised the bar. I like to think we raised the bar. Uh, a certain handful of customers in every area raised the bar, from keeping trucks clean to professionalism to shoe protectors to winning awards and best places to work and integrity awards. And it just continues to raise the bar in the industry because if you if you don't if you don't raise your own bar, you're going to be out of business because people expect too much nowadays.
2: Yeah. Uh, well- Days gone by, the uh, you know the two guys in the, the beat-up pickup that leaks oil all over the driveway. People would just rather pay a little more and get a, a much higher level of service at this point. Right. That ship has thankfully kind of sailed finally and is continuing to sail. And another thing is exactly. that, that this is what this show particularly is all about. We don't sell any services on here. We don't do commercials on here. Uh, we do have a large audience now, thankfully, and we have a large audience that is not in the trades. We hear from them constantly of people who are not even in the trades, who just enjoy the show and the hyping that we do of the skilled trades. And our, you know, our message here is clear. It's it's trade focused, but it's um, it, it is geared also to people who are not in the trades to say that this is a cool place to be. Um, it's a uh, it's an increasingly higher paying place to be. And at this point, there isn't much in terms of of school loan debt to take on. You, you can apprentice somewhere without even going to a school. And, right. uh, I mean, I'm one of them. I didn't graduate from high school. Got a GED when I was 32,
1: but I'm in the trades. So I didn't necessarily need that. Good for you. Well, our guest today has been Greg McAfee. It has been a privilege to have you on. We appreciate you and what you're doing for the industry and uh, sharing that with us today. So thanks for being on the show today, Greg.
0: Thanks for having me. Uh, Anytime.
1: Hey, we hope you enjoyed that episode with Greg. It was great to hear from him and all the things that he's doing. Uh, A lot of takeaways there, even the simple stuff, the the nuggets that you can pull out there and apply into your day, whether it's that five minutes in front of the, in front of the door at the, uh, excuse me, in the foyer with the homeowner or uh, making sure that you're looking good, smelling good, good tools, all those things along the way to the presentation, to the clothes, Uh, a lot of great takeaways there. And that's universal. In fact, I don't think there was much of anything that we discussed today that is HVAC centric. It's really across the in-home services industry, whatever you're in. And we hope that this podcast is benefiting you, even if you're not an HVAC tech, a plumber or an electrician. Uh, We want to encourage you to continue pressing forward with wherever you are. There's always a ladder. There's always a place to get better. And that's one thing that we want to focus on. Our challenge to you is what it always is, which is to wake up every single morning and look yourself in the mirror and say, this day is going to be different because I'm going to choose to waste no day.